in the moment when everything was happening, I know I saw the world upside down two times. Hey, thanks for tuning in to episode 33 of the Ross Trevino Project. If you enjoyed this episode, then give it a share on social media, drop a review on Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TRTP Pod. Today's guest is a yoga instructor, avid meditator, and member of Team Cyber Yoga. You may know her as Cyber Love or by her real name. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Silvana Lorenzatos. Oh yeah, outside. <laughs> Hold on a second, I'm stuck. I oh, so lucky you're getting to do it outside. Is that your garden? Now we're good. Yeah, we're good to go. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm uh, yeah, I'm in Montreal, right? So there's a there's an extended community. You have the main the city, and then you also have all the suburbs. And the great thing about Montreal is that you can go from city to suburb in about 20 minutes, and then you're literally in the country. So oh. I have a sister of mine that lives here in the country and I came down yesterday and I'm like, let me do the interview here. Why not? You know, <laughs> <laughs> She's okay with that then. So oh, I'm nice. really happy to be here with you. And I want to oh, first same. start off by saying thank you. No thank worries. Thank you for, for taking the opportunity to connect with somebody new and for trusting in Chuck and in Lamont's uh, suggestion. I really appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no worries. Thank you for joining me. Uh, yeah. How did you meet the boys? So the story starts, actually, it's a beautiful story and I like to talk. So if you need to meet, if you need me to like rush, just give me a sign. Okay. No, so the no, story starts actually quite interesting. Uh, about three, almost three years ago, two and a half years ago, one day I was, I had somehow joined cyber yoga on Instagram just by following them. And there must've been maybe an image or something that really caught my attention. So I pressed the follow and within time, um, I kept getting this pull, this instinct, and I have a lot of, I, I, I receive messages, that's to say, and I, I follow them and I, I really trust in them. And I kept getting this instinct and this pull to connect directly with Lamont. So after a few, few times of feeling like, okay, you know, this, I feel like this guy's sweet, a sweet guy. I'm an empath, so I can feel energy. And I'm like, you know what? There's something about him. I don't know what it is. And I connected with him and he replied and we started a friendship. Uh, and within a year, our friendship had stabilized and like, because he's in LA and I'm in Montreal, right? So the, the, the new wave of, of being friends, right? Through social media. And, uh, but we ended up actually like talking and like connecting on the, like vocally, you know, not just through, you know, conversation and we became friends. And as that time went by, I, my life was happening here and about a year, year and a half later, I'm working at a friend's uh, warehouse and I, I'm posting pictures of Puma running shoes. And somehow out of nowhere, this guy reaches out and he's like super excited about these Puma running shoes that I'm posting because they happen to be the, um, uh, the Godfather series. They were a collection piece. They were one of a kind and it was a God, Godfather series. So this guy by the name of Charles reaches out and he's like, hey, by the way, he's like, uh, what are those shoes? And I'm like, ah, you... From the first second, I felt like a friend right away. I was like, ah, you want them? Can't have them. You know uh. what I mean? That's how, our friend, <laughs> that's how our friendship started. So I didn't know anything yet. I just knew that this guy connected with me and he, he liked the running shoes. But from the first conversation, it felt, you know, there's some people that you just connect with so instantly that you feel like your brothers or your sisters or your, your like, 
there's a there's a relation somehow. So from the first time, just even the way I replied to him, you want him, you can't have him. That kind of opened up our <laughs> friendship, right? And I FaceTimed him out of nowhere, which is not my normal. I FaceTimed him from the warehouse and I'm like, listen, you don't know me. I don't know you, but I see you're excited about running shoes. So let me show you a few different pairs, right? And that that started my friendship with Charles. Oh. So as I was talking to Charles, uh, Lamont was a year before. We had fr- a little bit of a friendship, but I didn't know anything about Charles and Lamont knowing each other at all because I knew Charles as this guy who loves running shoes in Puma <laughs> and he's in Dallas and I'm in Montreal, right? Oh, so, so I'm even like, different cool. areas from, from, the, uh, yeah, from Lamont from, as well. Yeah. From that first from the first first day that Charles and I started talking, we haven't stopped. We've been best friends. Like he's my he's my brother. Like I don't know how it happened, but I got delivered no. a brother somehow from another country. And like he's there and he's my like my rock. And it's it's if we don't touch base, at least if I don't touch base at least once a day, I'm gonna hear it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, in a really good way, it makes me feel loved. And so then that happened. And so one day I'm talking to Charles and I'm like, hey, I, I call him Robin. I'm like, hey Robin. I'm like um. What's up, this and that. And and then all of a sudden he says the name Lamont. And I'm like, Lamont? Wait a minute. How many Lamonts are there in the universe? I'm like, do you know this guy called Lamont? He's like, yeah. He's like, Lamont's my best friend. I'm like, wait a minute. Lamont from Cyber Yoga? He's like, how do you know Lamont from Cyber Yoga? You're in Montreal. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. So I explained to him what happened the year earlier and that Lamont and me are actually friends, right? And then the same thing happened with ripple effect which is desiree a year and a year and a half after i met chuck again out of a pull of the universe i had no idea that desiree and chuck knew each other and that desiree knew lamont because their social profiles are quite different you know what i mean so unless you know you really don't know but desiree was another person that i was kept getting pulled to talk to talk to talk to and then lo and behold through conversation i find out that lamont and chuck are best friends and that Chuck and Desiree have been childhood best friends from like 20, 30, 25 years ago. And I'm like, how did the universe pull me in three different directions with the three people that are interconnected th- two and a half years apart? And I only put it all together this year. Ah, I was that's like, super odd, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it happened. I don't know. I just followed instinct and... I ended up with a beautiful family, which now we're, we're cyber yoga, team cyber yoga. And I always say that when you're being pulled in a direction such as that, it's heart based and you just got to go with it because we don't know yet, but the divinity knows, the universe knows, right? So we're just, we're, we're just riding this wave that we call life and it's just part of cyber yoga and and they just brought me in. They brought me in a cyber love. And I'm like, yes, I'll take that because I, I absolutely want to be part of you guys. And so I'm here and we're kind of scattered a little bit. And the idea is to come back to L.A. as soon as the borders open and, you know, create some magic. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, did you have a background in yoga or breakdancing before? Uh, breakdancing, absolutely not. Rhythm did not get me. You know that song, <laughs> Rhythm is gonna get you. Well, Rhythm did not get this body. But um, I do yoga. I teach yoga and I teach meditation. And my first love would probably more be more meditation um, or the metaphysics as well. Uh, and then yoga came in as um, an introduction from a past uh, relationship and ended up changing my view of certain things. And so I became a teacher. And um, I love it. And uh, I have to say that the number one thing for me personally is 
this, the gift of gap. <laughs> so it's, it's the talking, it's the public speaking where my heart belongs. But I interlink and I interplay and we dance with all these little modalities that, you know, can actually connect to different people. And the idea for me is uh, my mission is love's for free. It's meant to be given. And, um, and that it's, it's part of, it's part of who I am. And if we can all kind of like live from that vibration, the world would change, you know? Yeah. So that's um, my like nonsense. In your view, <laughs> what, what's the importance of meditation? Uh, you know what? Okay. So meditation, it's an on and off practice. I, I call it my on and on, my on and off love affair, because there's moments we are absolutely jiving and we're in love. And then there's moments where, you know, the human, the human instinct and the human person, persona, my aspect is like, ugh, not right now. I don't like, you know, I don't want to go that deep. So I do call it a love affair. And I think it's okay to call it a love affair. As long as we are aware of what we're doing and how we proceed, um, I think it's all going to work out. My passion with meditation, I'll be honest with you, what I recognize about it, and I feel like, so, so what I recognize about meditation is this, the 20 or 30 minutes that I sit to do meditation is what feels like maybe time passing at the beginning, you know, it feels forced. It feels like, oh, what am I doing? Like, what am I looking for? What, you know, and then all these conversations happen and people say, well, I can't meditate. And so they stop after that. Right. And what I've noticed with meditation is whether this conversation going on or not, whether you've hit this epiphany of Zen, this transportation into another galaxy, which is really not what meditation is. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's really cho choosing to stop to cho choosing to like just kind of witness whatever is rising. It doesn't mean no thought. It means witness what's rising and, and just ask questions with compassion. You know what I mean? And then universally and your heart will start to begin to answer these things. And then of course, with a lot of practice, you start to go into different, different, what well, we're going to call it, you know, I call it bending the matrix. That's a whole other conversation. We can talk about that after. Um, but what the most important thing about meditation, what I've learned to come to, 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 to really understand is that it's not the 30 minutes that I'm sitting in my chair. The meditation is really where it works, where, it, where it's at for me. It's the 23 other hours of the day that when I'm consistent in my meditation, and usually I like to do it three times a day. Right now I'm at once a day. Uh, there's moments like I, like I told you, I go, I float in and out right now I'm at once a day, but usually my consistency would be three times a day, five 30 in the morning, sometime in the afternoon. And then one right around like, you know, nine, 10 o'clock. But what I've noticed is when I, when I have that consistent, consistent going, um, the 23 other hours of my day are calm. They're peaceful. It's almost like you're putting gasoline into the engine right? So you're putting the gasoline into the engine so that you can have the pistons and you can have everything to start working, right? But then once the gas flows through the engine, what happens? The rest of the body takes over and it becomes this velocity. It becomes this, this co-creation, this dance inside your engine. And that keeps flowing throughout the entire day. You know what I mean? So for me, that's the part of meditation that's the most important. Uh, so meditation so, is like putting your phone on charge and then the results is you have a charged phone for the rest of the day exactly oh, okay. and that's the part that often people miss because it takes consistency to witness that you know what i mean if we're doing it one day yes two days no three days yes one day no that consistency that flow it's like that charge it's like a spark it's sparking but it's not catching the gasoline is not catching the engine yet you know what i mean so it's only in the consistency that you start to flow throughout the day and you're like oh crap i didn't react when that car when that car cut me off 
You know what I mean? Or, oh, you know what? That opinion didn't bother me to that degree that it would have on another day. You know what I'm saying? It's the little things that change everything, everything. That's that's the gift of meditation for me. So where should someone who's never meditated before start? Um, is there a kind of meditation they should be looking out for or a certain amount so, of time they should be doing? I can give you my recipe because I play with different kinds of meditation and I'm very, very much so uh, keep it playful. Most importantly, keep it playful. Don't look for moments of epiphany as you're meditating. Do not force yourself to stop thinking because just the process of stop thinking, stop thinking, stop thinking, stop thinking is actually the opposite, right? <laughs> it's just witnessing what's going on. So for example, I'll give you a quick example. First time meditation, you sit down, you're like, okay, I'm gonna make this choice. That's the first thing, making the choice. Whether you sit, whether you sit for 30 minutes or 30 seconds, it's the choice. That's the first step. So once they're there, once we're here, we decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this choice. Actually, you want to go through a two-minute one? with? Should we do two minutes together? We can so do a few. So, I can, so they, they can see it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, just two minutes, okay? okay? Okay, what should I do? Okay, so just get comfortable. I'm on a chair. So sitting, sitting in wherever space. So any, any viewers that will do this with us when they, when they view this, yeah. doesn't matter if you're, obviously you're not driving the car, pull the car over. Right, but no matter where you are, your backyard, your bathroom, you are in. Sometimes it's in the in the busy city corner. Just sit down. You know what I mean. So choose to sit down. So making the decision. So right now I'm coming into the space where I'm making the choice to choose me. That's the first thing. All right, and in doing that, just take a deep breath. So inhale in through your nose, maybe closing your eyes, and exhaling through your mouth. Good. Now, from this point, I'm going to open my eyes, but from this point, what would be the next thing? The next thing would be probably bring yourself and bringing your awareness because where the focus goes is where your attention is going to fly. So if the attention is on my breath every time and I'm witnessing the breath, right, then I'm not going to be in the external world, whether it be in my thoughts and what's happening around me. And that's the most important thing at the beginning when you're learning to meditate is keeping your focus on your breath or on the, the, the guided meditation that's happening in the background or on the music, whatever it is that you're choosing to go with. For me in the morning, I like guided meditations. So if you're on Insight Timer or you can go on YouTube, uh, one of my favorite teachers, I find him to be magnificent, easy and loving. You can feel the vibrations is David G. D-A-V-I-D-J-I, -I, David G. Uh, you can find him anywhere. He's got channels everywhere. Um, that's one of my favorite teachers. And the reason why I would say so is because he makes it playful. It yeah. doesn't feel forced. You know what I mean? But yet you're still coming out of your 15 or 10 minute meditation feeling like, ah, I feel good, right? So my first one's usually guided. I don't want to overthink it. I first one in the morning, most of the time, if I make it, it's 5.30 a.m. So I, I have a community that um, FEMO here in Montreal uh, that does guided meditations every day, 5.30 in the morning. So usually I log in, I sit up. When I lie down, I'll be honest with you, I go right back to sleep. So I've <laughs> learned for me, for me, I've learned that I need to physically sit up. And it doesn't mean leave the bed. It just means literally get into cross position, Indian position or lotus for those of you that know the position and just kind of just choose that moment. From there, it'll usually be about 15 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes. 
Um, then from that moment, I usually get up after that and start off my day or depending on what's going on with my day, sometimes I roll right around and go back to sleep. It doesn't matter as long as I've done it. The next one, usually if I'm available and I can make it is my favorite one. It's my midday meditation. This one, I do it in the bath. So what I start is, and this one's the one that's the fun one. This is the one that really, for me, takes me to the next level because what happens is I start at 5.30, right? So by one or two o'clock, my gasoline is burning out. My, my fumes are starting to, my energy is starting to hypen. And then what's happening, my patience is starting to come down a little bit, right? So I'm like, I start to witness this. I'm like, I'm feeling it, you know? So let me go take a bath if I can. And often I'll start off in the shower. And then after that, I'll put the water, I'll let it fill. The last little bit of it, I'll sit down in my bath. And then by this time, because I've already showered, I'm pretty calm. So there's not a lot of work to do, right? My body's already in this state of relaxation. Then I come into the bath. And this is the fun one, guys. As you're inhaling, as you're sitting in your bath and you're just witnessing whatever it is that, you know, you're just your relaxation moment, start to witness your breath as you're sitting. So inhale through your nose. Fill up the lungs, let it rise all the way to the top of the chest, and then exhale through the mouth as you feel the vibrations in the belly and everything drop, right? And you're doing that two or three times, but you're sitting in your bath. Then start to sink in until your ears are covered. So now you're under the water, nose is up, every, the face is up, ears, everything below is down, okay? And then sink your breath to your heartbeat. Will you be able to hear your heartbeat through the bath? Yes, you absolutely oh, hear, not only through the bath, but you hear it through the vibration of your ears mm. because all of a sudden, all external noise is gone. So what oh, happens right. is when your ears get covered with water, you start to hear the inner body very clearly and the heartbeat becomes elevated. It becomes loud, right? And so now sitting in your bathtub, sinking your breath and because your mouth is still out and listen to your heartbeat, that one for me is, is euphoric. It's like, bam, I'm like, okay, 10 minutes right here. Just staying and listening to my heartbeat and my breath. I'm not doing anything. I'm not thinking, I'm not talking, I'm not witnessing, I'm just listening. That one on its own will take me all the way to the evening. And then, I, then it's the bedtime one, which could either be silent or guided. It could be a song that you choose, a song that I love to meditate to. There's two. One of them is Marty Nico. Her song is called I Am Love. And those are the only lyrics, I Am Love. And it's a six-minute song. The, the melody is beautiful. I use that as meditation. Another one is called Remember from Om Kara. And that one is a beautiful song to listen to. And you can use it as a meditation. Why not? Let meditation be your personal experience. You know what I mean? Like most people think that it has to be a specific way. And that's the one thing I'm going to say, throw that rule out the window and play, just play. Cause you're going to find the recipe that fits you. You know what I mean? And knowing that every day it could change today. My recipe might be once a day, you know what I mean? And tomorrow my, re my, my recipe might be completely different. So at this point, I just want it to be, what it is without forcing it and then you're meditating oh, as and in time in time it tries to it starts to shift it starts to change and that that's just another level to go to afterwards but for for now the only thing you got to really think is 
stop the nonsense that, that I can't think because by saying I can't think you're thinking. So yeah. that's just a like void that one, get it out of the system <laughs> out. You know what I mean? And just be rather than like having all these rules. Oh, that would nice. be the best thing I can, I can share. That's my diagnosis on meditation. I have some bath related <laughs> questions um, to do a meditation. Are you putting anything in the bath like salts or like bubble bath? Or I personally, personally, I don't. Uh, but there are people like if you are, um, I have, I have some chronic pain in the shoulders. And so I should actually maybe, or should is not the word because should is just not like a, it's rigid. I would like to maybe add uh, maybe a little bit of a salt treatment. You can uh, for people that have inflammation might be quite hard on the ears though actually come to think of it uh when you when you have your ears underneath would would you risk an ear infection if you put salt or bubble bath in do you know uh you know what i i wouldn't think so because it would be the same principle as going to going to swim in the sea right salt water it would be the same principle plus from what i understand salt is a detoxifier you know what I mean? Salt is is uh, is a cleanser. So it, I wouldn't think so unless the person would be more more issues with having water in their ears rather than salted water in their ears. Any water. Some people would be prone to having a little bit of a pressure in their ears if maybe their their ears get wet. I think it's more of um, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for. A preference. You know, oh. some people just don't like getting their ears wet. Um, in a situation like that then you could do the meditation not in the water but i would plug my ears with um with sleeping aids uh, you know what i mean mm. so that i make sure that you're getting no water in there yeah yeah okay what about like candles or incense have you got any of those going yes on? yes those are hell yeses why because they're for sure you know what think about it let's think about it seriously if you want to make a romantic evening happen the mood is very important right and so why not be romantic with yourself why not set a mood for yourself we tend to do the things that we do we do them for our best friends we do them for our lovers we do them for our community we do them for everybody and sometimes we feel awkward in setting up an event setting up my own shrine my own why not right at the end of the day i've always said i go to bed at the end of the day the last thought before I fade into nothingness. I am alone. Even if I have somebody next to me, mm. I am alone. That doesn't mean that I am lonely. Mm. It means that the only reality is mine, right? Mm. That's, that's my only perception. Everything that I create or everything that I live, I create through my perception. I create through the way I see the world. And that's, that's something that we can play with further on. But what I'm saying is, is that if I go to bed, in my own perception and in my own head and in my own experience, why should I not give myself the experience that I'm willing to give somebody else? Uh, interesting. Um, do you do any physical exercise as well as the meditation? And uh, how Yes. Yes, I do. I teach yoga. I teach yoga. So uh, that's, that's another one of my passions. Uh, and I love little, I love little mini challenges. Like um, I had a few challenges going on in the month of uh, December, January, February. And uh, one of them was, the first one was just to get people to move. So we were doing planking oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was awesome. We started them off. At, I started them off at 30 seconds. 
by the end of the challenge, most of my people were at, th at three minutes. And at the beginning, they were like, there's no way I can get three minutes. I'm like, you can do it. You can absolutely do it. So a lot of it is mind, is about mm -hmm. the mind. Because often when we start to move, like especially a plank, right? It's like you're using your entire body, mm -hmm. but you're in stillness. So it's a little bit of like, I, I swear sometimes, it's a little bit of a brain, you know, I'm going to, I can, I usually, I say it in other terms. I was going to say a bad word right now, but anyways. You can do it if you want. <laughs> I can't? Yeah. Okay, good. It's usually a mind fuck when your body is absolutely stuck still, right? And you're pushing your entire body weight. And then you start to feel this vibration and you want to get out. And what happens? It's all in the mind, right? So what I, what I like to do is I like to do challenges that I call them move to meditate. Hmm. So what happens is, it's witnessing what's happening and then calming that dialogue so that you can push yourself a little bit further. And if you can do that on the mat and you can witness what's happening in the body and know what reality and, and what, what the lack of reality is or what we, I don't mean, I don't think reality would be the right word, but what, what seems to be what's true and what's not true. Right. So often I always say, is it a hell yes or is it a hell no? Right. And what I mean by that is when we get into our mind. So here's the thing. I'm in plank. Somebody's in plank. They're at two minutes now. Their body's shaking. They feel the vibration. Right. And now their mind's saying, get down, get down. I don't want to do this anymore. The vibration hurts. Uh, like, what the hell? Why is she making me do this? This is so annoying. Why did I join? Oh, my God. How do I quit? Do I get off this computer? Like, you know what I mean? Like all these things happen. Right. Mm. And in that vibration, you're at two minutes and you're already there and your head is spinning. If you could witness mm. that conversation and make the decision, I'm going to inhale right now because I can do this. And I'm going to keep pushing off the ground. I'm going to exhale. And as I exhale, I'm just going to push just a little bit further, straightening my shoulders. What happens is before you know it, you've already wasted 15 seconds. And then you're, you're going to be like, oh, okay, let me witness a little bit more. And before you know it, You've already done another 15 seconds. And by the end of it, your three minutes are up. You know what I mean? So it's in witnessing where are you putting your focus? Are you putting on the focus on the hell no's? I want to get down. I don't want to do this anymore. Or are you putting them on the hell yeses where you're like, I can do this, you know? And then that trains move to meditate. Why? Because if you can witness your body and you can actually make it gear it, gear it to go to where you need it to go without quitting in the process. Right. And it's okay to quit when you're in pain. There's nothing wrong when quitting because there's, you, we wouldn't want to be stupid about it. We don't want to hurt ourselves in the long run either, right? It's about learning. It's about this ebb and flow and this dance with the body. And so a lot of the challenges um, I, I do do, I do them, I do do. I do them, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was a friend's moment. <laughs> that was a Joey moment, Joey moment uh, from friends. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these moments, yeah, I like to do them because I, I, I've learned a lot in my own story and I've learned very much how the mind can take over and how it could change your perception and how that affects your psyche. And I've learned how to come out of that. And so often what I'd like to experience and what I like to share are moments that I've actually physically gone through and, and it's the coming out of them more than actually what really happened. You know what I mean? So that's what I like to teach often when I'm, uh, when I'm teaching and cyber love is because it's the base of who I am, you know, like this guy right here, I am love. We're all love every single one of us, you know, and it's, and if we can find that place of unconditional 
where at the end of the day, there is no difference. I am you and you are I, you know what I mean? And so if we can find a place to connect from there, for me, as long as I'm planting seeds, that's all that counts. That's all that counts. You know, together we'll water them. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. How do you know when you're doing a plank for a little bit too long, if it is a product of the mind wanting you to stop or if you are actually physically injured? Is there any way of telling in the moment? Well, listen, I'm going to speak for myself. I have chronic pain in my shoulders. Okay. So it's, this, it's pretty much always on. And for me, it's a sensation of burning. I feel burning in the shoulders. Okay. So for me, I can answer that question for myself. I know that often when it goes a little too far, if I've pushed it a little too far, what I feel like, let's say my burning on my shoulders on a regular day is a five on 10, let's say, right. And now I'm planking and I'm at nine on 10 and I'm still pushing my body. And now all of a sudden the vibration changes to a, to a level that you've never felt before. Stop, stop right then and there. Right. Or what I could say is what I do often, I'll do it here. I don't know if you can see the floor. So let's say you're in plank, you're here. Can you see me? Okay. So you're here, right? And now I'm starting to feel some burning and I don't know what to do. And I don't know if I'm really hurting or if I'm not hurting. I would push off the ground, push back up, come back, move those shoulders, come back into your plank. Who's to say that you're supposed to stay still? Nobody, right? So you can come in here and then just push off, get some movement in there, push off the floor and then come back into your plank, you know? Because often there's this rigidity in the mind that it has to be a specific way. Who says? Play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who says that it has to be? Like, make it fun. And it doesn't matter. As long as you find some joy in the things that you do, nobody... I don't know. I go to bed. I go to bed in my own head. And you know what? Like I said, for me, it's about just trying my best to take the moments that we have, pay them forward, find some love and share it, you know? And if we can do that in a bit of joy, great. Cause we're all in the pandemic right now. And what I'm noticing with the world right now, I don't know what's happening in the UK, but I can tell you what's happening in North America. And what I see very much so in, in my environment, like in the city and just and energetically, it's starting to get heavy. You know, people are starting to get affected. You know, there's it's, it's a year that we're rats rolling around in this cage. And even though you have some freedom, the fact that you're being told what to do, it's like, you know, it's, you know, remember when we were kids and we were going long distance and you were almost there. But you're like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I think that's where we're at as a human, <laughs> as a human society. You know what I mean? Are we there yet? Is this almost over? And the closer we feel like we're getting there, the more I'm noticing it's affecting the general psyche mm. of humanity. You know what I'm saying? Like at the beginning, the first wave, there was like, okay, it's not going to last so long. And now we're a year into it. Mm. And I'm noticing the mental health issues. I'm noticing that people starting to like disconnect like I thought COVID was going to be, for me, I thought COVID was going to bring people back together and a lot of internal healing, which I feel like it did for a lot of people. But now watching the world, I'm like, oh, oh we might be going into separation. Like people are starting to get isolated now. You know what I mean? People are like not wanting to, you know, trust what's happening because now there's all these variants and there's all these other things going on, you know? 
So for me, my mission is to break all that down and to keep reminding us that we are one and that, you know what, love is free. And if we can find a little bit of joy, even if it's in my silly moments, then why not? Why not? You know? So you said you do yoga classes. Is that online or do you do them in person as well? Or is that the plan once you finish? Usually we, I do them anywhere the universe takes me. <laughs> so I teach in high schools because oh, the, cool. uh, the teenagers are a huge demographic for me. Um, they're very, very big. So I've been teaching in high schools, teaching yoga, meditation and life skills, a lot of public speaking. Um, I do this as, my, as a living and uh, a big demographic is my high schools. I've been doing that for about four years now. Um, and I teach in studios, corporates. I love corporates because, again, you get to have this dialogue. You know what I mean? I love, like I said, the, the most important thing for me is sharing, is sharing the voice. And so even when I teach, uh, whether it be at meditation or yoga, often it's in what I'm going to say to you more than in the asanas, more than in the poses. You know what I mean? It's going to be more in finding a way to unify, to, you know, to, to unite uh, to remind us that we're, we're together, you know? So uh, in high schools, that's a big part of it because if I think back now, if at 15 or 13, I had an inkling of what I know now, there would have been a lot more joy. You know what I mean? A lot less stuck in the material, a lot less. And I was very, very much never that child. Like I came into this, to this world with this awareness that has never left me. So I've always been the weird one. You know what I mean? And I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh, so for me, it's never been this, this bad thing. But today, the world is like this and like this, you know? And I'm trying to get them to get their heads out of this and to kind of like, ooh, here we are, you know? So let's create. Let's co-create this world. So the kids are huge for me, the teenagers, the young, young adults as well. And um, studios corporates, festivals, locally. And uh, we're going to be starting now because the weather's finally getting better. Yoga in the park. So that's an amazing thing. Uh, I was doing that last summer too during COVID. Trying to, trying to reach out as much as possible. That, that's pretty much it. You know, so wherever the universe takes me, I will be there. <laughs> so what yeah. sort of interests did you have in your youth, like when you were a child? Metaphysics metaphysics was a huge thing car like you know card reading um spirit connection i've had a few things that have happened to me at a very young age that i was able to witness that the, to me anyways there's more than just eating sleeping shitting and dying you know what i mean like <laughs> there really there really is more for me because i've had experiences i've i've had a few uh huge premonitions that I, at the time I didn't know were premonitions at all. So I would talk about them before they happened. And then all of a sudden they would come to life and I'd be like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like one of the big ones, I, I'm not going to get into the entire story because it's going to take hours. But one of the big ones was, do you remember the 2000, uh, 2006 or seven tsunami that happened off the coast of uh, Asia? The big, big one. Not sure. Maybe. There was a huge, anyways, there was a huge tsunami that happened off the coast of Asia. And it was, uh, there was, it had started underneath the, 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 the plates underneath the ocean hmm. and ended up killing many, many, many people. It was huge, huge, huge. I think it was 2006 or 2007. I had dreamt about it. Um, I had dreamt about it three days before it happened, but I didn't know I had dreamt. So I had gone to work the next day and I was like, guys, 
there was an earthquake or something underneath the ocean somewhere off the coast of Asia. And they're like, what are you talking about? So, and I had already had a few different experiences with this, this team. I had been with them 10 years already. So they knew me and they're like, so you're just weird. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you. And I spoke about it to many people, many, many people. Cause I was convinced I was like, no, I woke up. I well, I heard my alarm clock. I went to my alarm. I listened to it clearly. I closed the alarm and then I went back to sleep and then I woke up to go to work the next moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, no, man, this thing never happened. And so ended up happening three days later. And when it did happen, I had already spoken to about 10, 15 people about it. Oh. My phone started ringing. They're like, so, so, so. I'm like, and I was really not in a good place. I'll tell you why. A part of me felt responsible. That one messed me up. Because I was like, if I would have known it was a tsunami or a premonition, I would have maybe been able to help. But then I thought, oh, yeah, call the radio station and the news and tell them, yeah, by the way, there's going to be a tsunami. Like, they would have never believed me. They would have been like, listen, you, we're putting you in. And uh, there's, you know, the special hospital, we call it the Douglas here in Montreal. <laughs> we're bringing you there. They would have probably, like, absolutely. So I, there was a really huge struggle inside, like, what was the reason? Why did I get this? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I was kind of like stuck. I was like, why would you give me something like this if I can't do anything with it? And it came to me maybe a year or two later that I wasn't supposed to do anything. I was just supposed to know because it's one of my gifts. But I had taken it the other way. I had like, why? I'm supposed to help, you know, when people died. And maybe I was supposed to be more responsible. And like, it really affected me. That was the biggest one at the time, uh, but I've had other premonition, not a premonition, but um, I was heading to the country that had just passed away in November. This was February 26th. And I know because it was the day after my mom's birthday, I was heading to the country. And as I was driving, uh, I ended up stopping my car. My daughter was one years old and uh, I, I went into one of the stores to get something. And when I came back out like a dumbass. I literally said to myself, well, I have five minutes. I've never, I had never done this before in my life. I'm like, I have five minutes before I get there. I'm just going to put her in the car and I'm not even going to put on the seatbelt. And as I, I shut the back door, because I, I don't know why I just didn't put on the seatbelt. Weirdness came through me. I don't know. And it was the first time that I would have ever behaved that way. And then I shut her door and I went to grab the door handle of the driver's seat the driver's door, right? Because that's what I was going to get in. And the second my hand touched the door handle in a female voice outside my ear and a little bit angry, I heard, put on your seatbelt now. So all I did was let go of the handle and I was like, man, there's nobody next to me. What's going on, you know? And I'm like, nah, nah, man. Like, I was talking to myself like, nah, you just heard that. Like, okay, screw that. Just, just open the door. The second time I touched the handle, I heard again, put on the seatbelt now. So I let go of the handle and I was like, but things had happened to me in the past. So I wasn't really, I wasn't scared at all, but I was weirded out. So I was like, am I hearing this? Cause I'm hearing it outside my ear, but there's nobody standing next to me. Right. And I'm like, uh, crap. No, no, it can't be. You're not really hearing this. Okay. Just, just get in the freaking car. still. so I go and I touch the door the third time. I was yelled at, put on your seatbelt now. But like, like a mom, like, you know, when your mom has had it and that they've called you to that room three times. And by the third time, you know, you're in trouble. Well, that <laughs> was exactly, exactly how it came across. So I had no choice. I let go of the steering wheel. I'm not, sorry, not the steering wheel. I have the door handle. 
I open my daughter's door. I clip on her seatbelt. As I'm walking to the front and I go into my car and I put on my seatbelt, I say out loud, okay, I heard you. Bam, click the seatbelt and I get in the car. I start driving. I'm on a country road. Within not more than six or seven minutes, I lose complete control of the car. My car flips on the roof two times, two times. I lose control. I go and I hit a tree and I start going down a ravine. Okay. And my car stops and it lands on its wheels. Okay. So after flipping two times, it lands right back on its wheels. I, during the moment that all this was happening, Ross, this I'll never forget. And this I know to be a fact. And this anybody can tell me no. And I'll be like, that is your opinion. But I know my truth. In the moment when everything was happening, I know I saw the world upside down two times, okay? My daughter and I did not have a moment of fear, none. There was no screaming in the car. Time stopped. There was no time. It was like nothing. And the only thing that I knew that I felt that I knew to be real was this feeling that the word love does not compare. It was a feeling that there was, love is not even a term that is powerful enough to explain what happened in that car. I knew right then and there, I let go of the steering wheel and I said out loud, if it is our time to go, I will go loving my daughter. And I turned my head just to keep looking at her because I let go. I was like, this is it, you know? And we just, and she, she was one. Okay. And I was 32. All right. And she didn't cry at one years old, not a tear, not a scream, not anything because she felt what I felt that, that protection. It was almost like no windows broke, but the car was total. They had to take us out with the jaw. Like there was one door that I was able to come out of. The rest of them was jaws of life. Like they couldn't get the doors open. And we didn't have one scratch on us. Nothing. So you're both all right after that. Oh, I was, I don't know what happened. I was, when I, when we got out of the car, the first thing that happened was my daughter was one in the car seat, right? And something pulled me to get out. Instead of the driver's seat, I was pulled to get out of the front seat, the opposite seat. Okay. I don't know why I just climbed over the seat. And then when I saw, when I got out of the car and I saw the status of the car, that's when I panicked. That's when I realized what just really happened. So then in my panic, I decided, let me take my kid out of the car because what if it explodes, right? Mm -hmm, I never sure. thought her neck might be broken, nothing. I just took her out of the car. As I'm taking her out of the car, we get out. I start walking. Now it's, it's the country and there's snow up to my knees, all right? As I'm walking down the street, all of a sudden, this pickup truck shows up. And this man gets out and he says to me, are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm fine. And he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I had a car accident. My car is somewhere behind me. Can you do me a favor? When you go to the city, because I'm in the country, right? Mm -hmm. Just call 911 for me. Yeah. And he's like, okay, no problem. As I turn around, Ross, I turn around like this. I'm like, just call 911 for me. I turn around, the guy's gone. There's no car. So to me, I was like, what? okay, what was that? I'm going to let you go. Whatever that was, let's keep on going. I Today, I think it was an earthly angel. Today, I think it was some sort of manifestation to keep me calm. I don't know. You know, it was anyways. So finally, the ambulance arrived. 
and they're talking to me and I'm calm like butter. I'm like, yeah, so, you know, there was an accident and everything was fine, but the car's down there somewhere. And the, the guy's looking at me like I'm crazy. He's like, did you get hit in the head? And I'm like, no, nothing happened. And he's like, what do you say? You're saying you had an accident. The car flipped two times. I'm like, yeah, the car flipped. I have my kid in my hand. Okay. And I'm like, the guy's trying to, he's trying to check me out. He's putting me in the back of the ambulance, you know, let me check your daughter. And I tell him, I'm like, sir, all I know is that there was divine intervention. That's all I know is that we're fine. He's like, it's impossible. And I'm like, no, it's possible. And I explained to him what happened. Okay. During this time, the cop arrives and looks at me and he goes, can, can you tell me what happened? And I said, yes, there was a car accident. My car flipped two times on the roof, blah, blah, blah. And he goes to me, nah. He walks, he looks at the the the, the uh, ambulance guy and he's like, look at him like with this funny face, like, no, no, no. So I look at him <laughs> and I, call, I look at the cop and I'm like, listen, if you walk that way, keep walking. I'd say about 20, 30 minutes, you're going to find the car. The car's freaking totaled, okay? I walked out of that car and he's like, no, no, there's no way. And I'm like, I'm telling you, he goes, he comes back about 20, 30 minutes later because he went in my car, white like a ghost. And the only thing he says to me, and I hadn't said to him yet what happened, like with the girl with the voice. The only thing he says to me is like in French, he's like, ma'am, if you wouldn't have had your seatbelt on, both of you would have been ejected from that car and you would have both died. And I looked at him and I'm like, I know, I know, I told you, <laughs> you know? And that was another one that I can't explain. I can't explain who spoke to me. But I know that somebody did because I would have never put on that seatbelt. You know what I mean? I can't explain what happened in the car, but I know that it was divine God and love, whatever you want to call it, whatever universe, you want to call it God, you want to call it Allah, you want to call it Buddha, you want to call it love, whatever you want to call it. To me, it's all the same. Okay. So I believe in the religion of love. That's what I call it. The religion of love. That's what it is. You know? So to me, there's no separation. So when that happens, things like that happen, and I have so many more, I can't help but see the unity in all there is. You know what I mean? Like, I can't help but know that we're interconnected, Ross. You know what I mean? And time and space does not separate us at all. You know, somehow we are. And so that's the beauty of it all for me. And like, these are the experiences that I, I, this, I have so many more. I can't even begin. Can't even begin. <laughs> you said your kid was pretty young. Do they remember this at all? My daughter is 15 now. Mm. She does not remember it, but mm. she knows the story very well. Mm. But she was one. She was one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's super lucky. Um, yeah. Glad you, you both got out of it. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, you're pretty good on social media you do like uh, like daily or is it do you do daily like affirmations and stuff similar um, to what i Chuck do does. i do uh yeah, well you could call them daily affirmations sure i'm not sure if they're daily i try to get on there every day <laughs> but i do i do i try to spread i try to build community i try to you know for me it's just if i like i said it really is isn't about the interaction um I don't have a lot of feedback. Like a lot of people get a lot of feedback, right? I don't get a lot of feedback, but I'm okay with that because my, my purpose is not necessarily, I always ask if you want to share your story, you can, uh, but it's really more about letting you know that you're not alone, letting you know that this experience, whatever this is today, um, that somebody else is probably going through the same thing and that it's not abnormal, especially not today, not in this pandemic, not in this rat race that we're in right now. You know what I mean? So 
it's just a reminder for me. It's always been about planting the seed and then watching that grow. If, if, if it's well-maintained, you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I do do that. And, uh, and I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Charles absolutely is my biggest inspiration. Mm. Um, he, we have this thing and you'll notice throughout this interview uh, I have this thing with Charles where I'm like, dude, he's like, what? I'm like, can I talk for less than a minute? I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so he's like, you always like, okay, you can do it. Come on, you can do it less than a minute. And nah, I never hit the under one minute mark, but you know, it's okay. That's my, that's, that's where I want to go. <laughs> I want to go under a minute. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, do, with the social media, uh, you get loads of uh, like, positives from it have you had any negative experiences on social media at all no no that's good no i've been lucky um even you know what in my previous career i did 25 years of working in hair and in uh, salons traveling as an ambassador for uh, i didn't do 25 years of traveling but i did 25 years in the career and uh about seven years of those uh i was an ambassador for american crew and for abba and revlon and these big, big 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 companies and um I have to say it has given me these experiences, the 25 years um, has kind of laid out the path for me to be able to find any way to communicate with people. So I have been blessed that those that are ready will be there. And those that are not interested don't seem to be having reaction. You know what I mean? There's people that are, may not be interested, but I don't seem to get the reaction from them. So I'm okay with that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, yeah. So what you got coming up? What do I have coming up? Um, I have daily conversations with the damn universe to open the borders. How's that? <laughs> so that's one. I'm, I'm like, okay, let's do it. Come on. You know, Chuck, get it on your side. Lamont, get it on your side. You know, you guys pull on your side. I'm pulling on mine. We got to get these borders open. As soon as the borders are open, I have two plans. One is to go to L.A to go to go join up with the team and to to get something going because we have a few a few huge projects coming up slowly slowly is that is your plan to move there or is it a temporary thing listen i'm open to move anywhere my home is not going to be montreal i know that um i've been here for 40 plus years i'm ready i love my home i love i love the fact my entire family's here but i'm a free bird and i am ready to fly and if that means LA if that means you know Indonesia if that means the UK if that means Europe I am ready whatever wherever it takes me I'm free and I'm ready so I have this uh, idea that as soon as the borders open it will be um, anywhere the plane will take me the first plane <laughs> so the first one would like I would like to I would like for it to be a little bit more joy, like a, you know a joy experience, um, an adventure, and then lead, leading into um, definitely definitely going to put plant roots somewhere else. My number one dream and my goal is to I'm gonna say it in one sentence: is to make this world smaller, sharing one story at a time, and that for me is really, I feel like I want to do it in person. I, ha- I want to have a camera. I, I want to have a microphone. I want to, I see faces. I see wrinkles. I see stories. I see aged people. I see 
land that is simple. I see, uh, you know, like I, I don't see North America so much. You know what I mean? So I see myself walking barefoot with my notepad and, you know, a camera rolling and, you know, the, the, the local the local person and them sharing their stories, you know, whether it be their stories of success, of triumph or failure, whatever it is, it's just sharing the stories because I think that by giving that platform, by growing that, that possibility, you know how we have news programs and it's always damn negative and fearful. Well, I want to do that, but on a, on a, on a love chain, you know what I mean? I want to do that and share love stories and, and doesn't necessarily mean that they're easy. They're not always easy stories. You know what I'm saying? So that's the plan. The plan is to get to get out, to move, like to not necessarily move right now, but to move physically the body. You know, I already decided I, I bought my backpack. I bought my tent. I bought my, um, well, I have my yoga, my travel yoga mat. I have my, um, my hammock, everything, my backpacking gear is bought and purchased. So I'm like, Ready let's do go. it. You know, wherever it leads. <laughs> Feeds me. I'm open. I'm open. You have a project in the, the UK? Let me know. I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, do you have any words of wisdom to leave me with? Um, treat yourself the way you would treat your best friend. Remember that one minute, in one minute, everything changes. That nothing is permanent, including sadness. And that given the opportunity and the possibility and the want because number one it's choice for me i've noticed it's all about choice what am i choosing to hold on to what am i choosing to let go of how am i choosing to see the world and often if you can look at the story that we tell here and give it some slack and let go of the rigidity you can change that story you can change that story. You can co-create the story and the life that you really want. And that's a possibility. So I would leave everybody with that, with be kind to yourself, find love and compassion towards yourself. Because when this cup is full, then it's extremely full for everybody else. You know what I mean? Work in love and in freedom rather than in lack or in fear and live in a space where you can co-create the life and the perception that you really, really want because that is a possibility. It absolutely is. Hey, thanks for listening and thank you to Savannah for joining me. Catch her new show, Civilizations of Truths, via Instagram at cyberlove underscore 2.0 and follow Team Cyber Yoga at Team Cyber Yoga. And that's it from me. Okay, nice one. Bye.